You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's May 13th. Over the last two decades, Americans have been disagreeing more and more about basic facts. This trend is part of truth decay, a phenomenon that has led to the erosion of civil discourse, caused political gridlock, and created a climate of uncertainty about what's true and what isn't. RAND has been studying truth decay since 2017, and this week we launched a public information campaign to help people understand how it works and what can be done to stop it. Want to do your part? Here are some tips. First, consume information with intention. This includes recognizing the limits of your own knowledge on a subject, considering your biases and the potential biases of a source, and always thinking critically about what you're reading. More specifically, consider who is quoted and cited, what evidence is used, and how much detail is offered in a story. Another way to think about this is to be a greedy information consumer. Things are often oversimplified in a headline, a tweet, or even an article. So you have to ask deeper questions of the content you read or watch, and then do your best to pursue the answers. But remember that most questions don't have an easy answer, so it's also important to try and understand the details and accept uncertainties. Second, produce and share information responsibly. Carefully consider the accounts, articles, and statements you choose to elevate. Of course, you should always avoid sharing manipulated, false, or misleading information, photos, or videos, even if it's only as a joke. But if you do accidentally share something that you later learn to be false, just correct it and be honest about the error. Third, hold your friends and family accountable for sharing information that's false or misleading. For example, if they share a post over social media that you know to be manipulated or untrue, tell them about it. You can be a valuable resource for loved ones by sharing credible sources for news and information, or by letting them know about disinformation campaigns that you're aware of. Fourth and finally, get offline and engage. These days, a lot of our debates take place in the comments section, but try to have conversations with people in person. You can learn a lot from others when you're face-to-face. And when you're having one of these conversations with someone you disagree with, try to find areas where cooperation is possible. Keeping an open mind and having patience with one another can make conversations much more productive. As part of the campaign Rand launched this week, we also collaborated with two popular YouTube creators, Neil Halloran and Minute Earth, to weigh in on the topic of truth decay and how it informs the content they create. To watch these videos and learn more about the truth decay phenomenon, visit www.rand.org slash truth decay. Is there a civil-military divide over the use of artificial intelligence? To find out, RAND researchers surveyed a group of about 1,200 experts, including employees of Silicon Valley tech companies, employees of defense contractors, and graduates of top-ranked computer science universities. The survey asked these civilian tech experts about their comfort level with a variety of scenarios describing how the U.S. military might employ AI. 
The scenarios ranged from using AI to control lethal activities on the battlefield to back-office activities far removed from any potential use of force. Overall, it appears that most civilian experts do not oppose the use of AI for many military applications. Overwhelming majorities of respondents in each group were comfortable using AI for military activities away from the battlefield or to protect U.S. soldiers on the battlefield in ways that did not require the use of lethal force. And a majority of respondents in each group felt comfortable allowing AI algorithms to use lethal force as long as a human had final control over the decision. However, about one-third of respondents from the three surveyed Silicon Valley technology corporations were uncomfortable with lethal use cases for AI. The findings also showed that respondents reported very low trust in leaders, regardless of whether those leaders were CEOs of technology companies or leaders of government agencies. So what does all this mean? Well, the authors of the study offer some recommendations based on their findings, including identifying ways for Department of Defense and Silicon Valley employees to engage over shared values and principles and to build trust between their organizations. School meals are a critical source of nutrients for low-income children. But a growing body of evidence suggests that, prior to 2010, they may have contributed to childhood obesity. According to a new RAND study, stronger nutritional requirements adopted in 2012 may be helping. The study followed a group of nearly 6,000 low-income children who participated in the federal free or reduced-price lunch program over two periods of time, both before and after healthier school lunch menus were put into place. The findings show that once the healthier nutrition standards were implemented, Children who participated in the school lunch program did not show any differences in weight gain when compared with children who did not participate in the school lunch program. This suggests that the nutritional improvements to the menus may have eased the link seen previously between subsidized school lunches and obesity among school children. Even though the findings support the benefits of higher standards for school lunches, Many of the low-income students in the study still appeared to be headed toward obesity. And overall, obesity remains high among American children, with severe obesity rising particularly fast among low-income groups. It's clear that more nutritional school lunches alone will not address this problem. Over the last two months, Western leaders have frequently expressed concerns that responding to Russia's war in Ukraine could set off a global conflict. This rhetoric has been very common, coming from both sides of the aisle here in the U.S. and from European leaders. But according to Rand's Raphael Cohen, the term world war has been dangerously overused. In theory, warnings about Russia's war in Ukraine escalating further are meant to encourage caution and more prudent policymaking. But in practice, Cohen says, this focus on preventing escalation may have actually had some undesirable effects, slowing Western aid to Ukraine and making the international security picture even more precarious. Cohen argues that there is a better strategy to preventing a future world war. Instead of focusing on managing escalation, focus on ensuring Russia's defeat in its war against Ukraine. From the risk of satellite collisions to growing concerns about extraterrestrial conflict, outer space is getting increasingly dangerous. 
But currently, there are no international binding rules to address these growing threats. In fact, the international community hasn't been able to agree to any new rules for space since 1976, a time when space was dominated by two powers, the U.S. and the USSR. And the biggest concern then was launching nuclear weapons beyond the stratosphere. According to RAND experts, now is the time to make new rules for this new space era. One potentially useful approach to governance, they say, is to adopt a rulemaking thought device famous in political philosophy called the Veil of Ignorance. The idea comes from philosopher John Rawls. In 1971, he proposed that to create fair rules for society, everyone must first agree to the rules while behind a veil of ignorance, not knowing how the rules would apply to them. His thinking was that if everyone was behind this veil of ignorance and didn't know whether they would be a black, white, or brown person, a woman, or a man, or if they would end up rich or poor until after the rules were created, then the rules everyone would agree on would wind up being more equitable for all. Now, this is obviously difficult to put into practice here on Earth. It seems impossible to forget or even imagine forgetting one's race or sex or socioeconomic status. However, the idea works much better in space. That's because when it comes to space, we are still, to a certain degree, behind Rawls' veil of ignorance. In other words, there's still a lot we don't know about how the rules will play out and who will or won't benefit from them. So if regulations are put into place now before any one nation, company, or stakeholder has too much skin in the game, then there's a greater chance of maximizing fairness and justice for all. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on what we discussed today, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We're off the next two weeks, but we'll be back with a new episode on June 3rd. See you then.